When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Afternoons on SEN. And a very warm welcome wherever you might be. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. SEN Afternoons right across the SEN radio network. And thank you for tuning in on a big Friday. Free for all, really. The Kia open line, the Werribee Kia open line is open as always. We'll get to that in a moment. Prizes jam-packed. Doug Bollinger, Big Bash Nation. Of course, the Big Bash starts last night. You don't miss a second of it right here on SEN. The Heat do their thing. The Stars again, mildly disappointing. We'll get to that with Doug Bollinger. Bree Moody, she's a star. Already in all Australian. Already been a Carlton Best and Ferris. Well, she doubled it last night. She's now a two-time. Chris Golding will roll into the studio. We'll talk a little Johnny Rahm as well. Plenty of golf on the agenda and it has been a huge 24 hours in the world of sport. But I want to start with this. The NBA in-season tournament, which is currently on, is one that I didn't think would work. I know that in a situation here in Australia, when we talk financial incentives, it traditionally gets players a little more interested. But in the NBA, in the major sports in the US in particular, when players are earning $50 million a year plus all their endorsements, I don't think $500,000 to the winner would actually make a huge amount of difference. Now, the reason I say that, I'm not saying there aren't players who play for less than $500,000 a season, but they are traditionally the players who have no say on what happens at the end of somewhat of a tournament. But... It has proven me wrong. This is a dead time in the NBA. Adam Silver said this. He had to come up with something. He came up with an in-season tournament at the perfect time. Because once Christmas happens and the NFL playoffs, you'll never, ever take the attention off that leading to a Super Bowl. You only find one month. And he did that. Crazy courts? Yeah. It's interesting. They look weird on TV at different times. I was lucky enough to go to a couple of in-season games. You don't really notice it but it has an extra feel about it, and then the final four in Vegas. There is no doubt this change has been brilliant for the NBA. Brilliant. It's a simple question. What would you change or introduce? What would you introduce into any given sport? And it could be anything. It could be D-grade YMCA basketball on a Thursday night that you play with your mates. It could be the AFL, the NRL, the NBA, the NFL, golf. Whatever it is you think would make a particular sport better, be it a rule, an introduction of a unique tournament, be it a takeaway rule, all you need to do is be able to sell it to me as to why you think it's a good idea. Werribee Kia open line, one 736 736 All thanks to Werribee Kia. No, absolutely no suggestion is too far out of the box. Because I think that's what a lot of people thought when Adam Silver put together this tournament and bought in these crazy courts and bought in a system that a lot of the players didn't really understand, and then they go to Vegas for the weekend, Dennis Rodman-like, 
Everyone's like, yeah. And away we go. It's been huge. So now we talk to you. Any sport you want. one 736 736 Prizes galore to give away. $50 e-gift card, all thanks to the House of Golf. I've got 18 holes of golf. Club Mandalay, in fact... I'm going to say in the next couple of days is going to be an announcement around SEN, in particular SEN Trek and Club Mandalay. But I can give you a round of golf today for you and your mate with a car. It's worth 100 bucks. Clubmandalay.com.au. $100 Peter Jackson voucher as well. And of course, it's Christmas, which means two, two Pataki hams to get Delicious. involved. Let's do it. one 736 Jeff's in Diamond Creek. Wherever you might be, there is not one thing that I'm going to... Well, I might disagree with it, but I'm not going to poo-poo you because I love people on a Friday bringing a little bit of out-of-the-box crazy ideas. Jeff, you got the new pill, mate. Take it away. Yeah, thanks, Pam. I love the show. Um, good to be chatting. I'm a big fan of the in-tournament thing. Let me just put that on the record mm-hmm. straight up. It's going to be great seeing that come to a conclusion. My, my rules in the AFL, and I want to call it the coach's call, and if we're introducing it, it would make sure things that, uh, like happened to the Crows, you know, late in the season, that goalpost situation, you'd never have that again. They got the TV in the box, signal down to the captain on the field, alerts the umpire, one, one and a half, and they don't accumulate. I, I, I understand the idea behind it, Jeff. Absolutely, I do. I, I just think that if we got the actual system right... We wouldn't need it. Unfortunately, there is a need for it in some aspects, and the, the the Adelaide situation was just an absolute monumental stuff up from so many different avenues. But it has been thrown out there a little bit, rather than a rather than a, a coach. Yeah, you're right, coaches or captains call, but there, there is no doubt. I'm just worried how it slows the game down even more when we've got the system in place that should take care of those errors. But there is no doubt we need to look at certain things like that, Jeff. Agree, because, yeah, you wouldn't have that sort of thing happen like we did, and it cost Adelaide a shot in the finals, as we know, mm. and it's yeah, just terrible for the game. Absolutely. absolutely. Out of all the errors that has been made, or yeah, occasionally I'll stick up for the review system. I don't necessarily love it. I think it's too slow, and, you know, it's, it's too sort of murky in different areas. That stopped a young developing team that no one thought could make the eight prior to the season, actually having a little taste of September and it, it changed so much. Jeff, love your call, mate. Thank you. And that's exactly what we want. one 736 736 Already there's one of the 40 Wings temper text that I'm going to expand on. It's actually included to one of my fan ideas around the Big Bash. We'll get to that in a moment. Peter's in North Baldwin. Pete, rule change, introduction in any sport. What have you got? Yeah, Cam. Um, I'm going to take the party hole and I'm going to put it on steroids. Mickey Mouse event, whether it's the uh, Wednesday Pro-Am or just a, a one-off. It's full of dance party, 18 holes. You make all the noise you want, all the boozy on you want, just for one day, whether it's one in Australasia or uh, a couple in the States, a few in Europe, away we go. So I've had the privilege, Pete, of being at both the party hole at Waste Management in Phoenix this year and the Live Golf Party Hole that was in Adelaide. I will say this. I'm not certain it needs steroids. I, I love I love what it's done for golf. I love that you know Phoenix and the Waste Management Open, which is a wonderful tournament outside of the one hole. It's it's a brilliantly run and organised tournament. Um, it definitely doesn't need steroids, but I do like the idea of it being a little more common around the world. I love it, Pete. I want to ask you just quickly. You seem like a golf guy, Johnny Rahm, and the official announcement this morning. You for against it, or you you sort of Switzerland on it? Ah. Uh, 
pretty matter of fact about it, mate. I thought it was always going to happen. Mm. I would have preferred he came out and uh, took the Harold Varner line, but uh, he played the played a straight bat, which mm. was pretty, pretty disappointing. We all know it was for the money, but mm-hmm. anyway, that's yeah. another story. I, 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 the thing about this, and we'll talk about Johnny Rahm and the situation later, I, the, the thing that is confusing me, and I'm, I'm a simple guy, so I'm sure there are smarter people, and you are probably one of them, Pete, but the fact is that this is meant to be some type of merger or coming together of Live and PGA. That was hastily announced earlier in the year, but it just feels like that's now not dead, but it, it seems as murky as ever because Johnny Rama's signed to go to Live, and we thought this was all going to be sort of one tournament in the next couple of years. So that's a that's a thing for me. And any time a professional athlete tries to dance around it rather than just admitting it's for money, like there's there's nothing wrong. Not one thing in the world wrong with changing a decision or making a decision based on cash. Fine, like we we can talk a million times about it, but when a professional athlete says, oh, "I want to go home," it's like, no, I'm sure the playing at home is good, but this particular team has offered you more money. Johnny Rahm, all these live players, regardless of how you view it, their lives are better financially because of these decisions. And I don't think we can sit here and pot shot them if they're honest about it. So, Pete, you're right on the money, and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, Rod's in Altona. Temper Tex is fired up already. I love this. Any rule change, I don't care how crazy it is. It's on the agenda. Rod, what would you do, and what sport is it? Uh, we're looking at AFL. The uh, two-up rule of bouncing the ball, three go up. Well, I have it. Hang on, hang on, go, go again. The ball up rule. Yeah. Nominating your ruck. Uh, oh, the ruck. Yes. Yeah, the ruck. Yeah, just get rid of it. Yeah. It's an interesting one. I, I tell you, like, there's, there's, there's two ways to, to look at this. It, in fact, it's quite simple, and, and it's, it's one that's been on the on the agenda for a while. You don't, you don't need to nominate because if two players go up from the same team, it's simply a free kick to the opposition. Well, that's just quite simply what it is. And if you don't communicate amongst your ruckman or the two bigger guys at the ball up, away you go. Oh, I'm with you, right? It's it's one Kane Corns is big on, so he's not the only one. Just doesn't make a great deal of sense. We want to speed the game up, and the umpires seem to take a, a couple of seconds every time there's a stoppage to nominate a couple of ruckmen. Two ruckmen go up. If there's two from one particular team, so there's three players that go up, then what actually happens is that it's a free kick against. Uh, David and East. Uh, East Bentley. David, hello to you. Cam, how are you, mate? Good to chat to you. Lovely to chat to you. Um, I um, I think, I don't understand why, but there's this antiquated rule with cricket, international cricket, that if you go and play for another country, you've got to wait five years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I would scrap that totally for the benefit of maybe test cricket, whatever, and that any player who's playing cricket can go and play for another country. Straight away. So, for example, get and I think it would help the really the, the younger nations. Let's call them. Mm-hmm. I think that you know to get someone who's been playing cricket in suburban Victoria or whatever, they can go over and they go and play for the West Indies, go and play for the Netherlands, go and play for whoever if they want to. You know, so it gives them a chance to play international cricket. Okay, get so rid of that rule. Rolling. You don't need to get citizenship, or you automatically get citizenship. How does it work? around the immigration and stuff outside of sport. But you're essentially yep. allowing... Uh, now, now, would you do it in a situation where, for better use of a word, it would have to be a minnow nation? Like, you couldn't just have a, a strong Australian player who hasn't quite yet, you know, 17 or 18, be poached by the English cricket board for a huge amount of cash? No. Nah, Jack Callis could have come and played for us if he wanted to. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter 
because it swings and roundabouts. It'll eventually even out. But do, do, I you, think, do you think it would take a little way? Well, it would take away from the uh, the patriotic passion that some people would have oh, for the sport. Of course, but that's of course it will. But they, the player has to want to do it. But but obviously it'd be more designed for maybe a second. I'll just use Victoria for example. Yep. Seconds cricketer. He's he might struggle to get play. He's batting number four. He's going to struggle. You know, um, Brad Hodges there, for example, he's not going to get a game, you know, and he wants to further his go. cricket. Why not? Forget forget the the the, the five-year rule. You know, make it the bloody five-day rule and get him over there and he'll be, it'll be better for cricket. So you only have to be in the country five days, equates to the length of a test match, and away you go. I, it, would, it would also, I'll tell you what it would do. I know rivalries are... Uh, quite prevalent in sport anyway, but it would add, uh, while the, the, the patriotism of a lot would probably slip away a little bit, but the fact is that there would be a huge amount of chips on the shoulders of, of some of these men and women playing cricket for other nations because they were continually overlooked for the nation in which they were born. So there they, 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 they would absolutely be passion added to it, David. So I like where your head's at. I, I like outside the box thinking that most certainly is. Yep. Love it. Beautifully done. Uh, Rob, Michael, Albert, Sean, Brett, Jack, Sean again. I'm coming all to you on the other side of this break. We're fired up. The Werribee Kia open line is almost in meltdown, as is the 40 Winks temper text. And it's all about something you would change or introduce in the world of sport. On the back of the NBA in-season tournament, which has been hugely successful, I wasn't sold on it, and now I am all in. Indiana, by the way, win a little earlier this morning over Milwaukee. The Pelicans and the Lakers to play shortly. The NFL has just started. The Steelers and the Patriots, first team to score, will probably win this game. So we'll keep an eye on that as the first snap of the game gets underway. A very quick break. Midday Madness, as always, for work, Locker, Carum Downs and Packingham. Work where, for wherever you work. Afternoons on SEN. Cam look in for Dwayne Russell. And in breaking news and really developing surprising news, the Patriots have actually scored in the first four minutes of the game, considering they've been pretty much scoreless over the last month. So the Patriots now lead 7-0 over the Steelers. Early doors in the NFL. Earlier today it was a win for the Pacers. We'll get to the Prime Minister's 11 in a split second. But right now the Werribee Kia open line is all about you. It's on the back of the NBA in-season tournament and the introduction of it, what would you introduce in any sport? And Midday Madness is all thanks to Work Locker, Karim Downs and Pakenham. Let's get to Rob and Tani. Rob, what sport do you got for me? Yeah, hi, how are you going? Good, mate. Um, how about no offside rule in soccer? It'd, make, it'd, it'd be a dramatic change. It would be a dramatic change, but it would be one that would be extremely interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably been said before. I'd... I don't think I'd actually do it, but mm. just imagine like just a few games just to see what, what happens. happens. Yeah, he's like seven five, the big score lines, or it'll just be a shamozzle. Who knows? <laughs> it would be interesting. It would be chaotic. And the way the world sport goes, at some point, I'm sure someone will invent some type of mini tournament that involves the the game. And the rules around the world game being tweaked, and that may well be one. Rob, appreciate your call. Michael is in Berwick. Michael, hello to you. Hey Cam, um, my my one is uh, in cricket. The ball pitches outside the leg; mm-hmm. they can't be out LBW. I mm. just don't understand it. Yeah, I think in today's day and age, 
with the review system. And it'll be somebody a lot more learned in cricket than I am. So wherever you key on is, is yours to give me a call. But if we've got the technology correct, which I'm not 100% certain we do, to be fair. I'm not a major technology guy. There's so many ifs and buts and maybes around the processes in all sport. But if it's going to hit the, if it's going to, if it's in line at some point to hit the wicket and it hits your leg, then that that technically should be out in my mind, Michael. I'm with Agreed. you. I'm with I you. Agreed. I just don't understand it, mate. I understand right. in the old days where the umpire had to find a way to be able to, you know, fair enough work out if it pitches here, the odds are it's going to be too hard to hit the stumps. But if we've got technology suggesting it's going to go one particular way and take out a stump or the bales, then it should be out. Hey. You're a, you're a Pataki ham guy, Michael? I am, mate. Thank you. Yeah, on your way, mate. Out the back. Boys will have a chat to you. Lincoln will uh, fire you up. And, of course, it wouldn't be – it simply wouldn't be a Christmas without Pataki ham. Let's get to Albert, who's in Essendon, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Ruby Kia open line is open. Uh, Albert, what sport are we talking? Mate, we're talking golf. All right, take it away. Golf, my friend. I'm a mad obsessed golfer and nothing boils me more when I – Finally hit a fairway and I land in an unfilled divot. I should be able to get free relief from it. You just don't. I, I think there are a lot of rules uh, in lower levels of golf, Albert, which uh, no doubt uh, you and I and a lot of the listeners, in fact, probably all the listeners partake in, that we should be able to loosen certain rules, the traditional rules, to be able to make it a tad more enjoyable for people like us. I couldn't agree with you more. Love it. Appreciate your call, mate. Uh, and we'll get to Sean in Geelong. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Don't forget, Werribee Kia open line is open, and it was awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, where else? Hey, Sean, take it away, mate. What sport are we talking? Uh, g'day, Cam. I've got a suggestion for the AFL. Yep. Uh, particularly when my kids were little, mm-hmm. they used to go to the A League and were mesmerised at the active areas. I'm not talking about the, the flogs with the flags. Sorry, with the flares, etc. But just the way everything worked in sync and in unison, I think uh, AFL cheer squads really have to uh, lift their game a bit. And I suppose in in relation to the cats, they've just put in now a new 2,000 um, person standing area in that new stand, which is uh, pretty rare these days for mm. a, for a major uh, major stand to have that. And they really should make that an active area. So not taking away anything from the cheer squad but I just think uh, it would bring something a, a lot different to our game and something that uh, it would certainly get the crowd really involved. In particular, like the cheer squads who, who do an amazing job at, at all AFL and, and AFLW games, and they're volunteers who who dedicate so much to the, the clubs week in, week out. What, what you're sort of talking about is yeah, people may not have the commitment, but they want to get involved in something a little unique. Now, you don't necessarily have to go to every single game to participate in that standing area just touched on in the in the new stand. But the fact is that if you want to get there and not necessarily just have your traditional seat or, or sit in a normal stand, but be involved in something a little different two or three times a year, I, I think there'd be, there, there would be absolute premise in that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it just, uh, and even not being in, just being in that area, but uh, just watching the people in there and the way they chant, and the way they go about doing stuff in unison. I really, really think it adds, adds to a game so much more. Absolutely. Uh, as always, Sean, love your call. Off the, uh, the 40 Winks temper text. This is from G. He goes, please read my two texts, Cam. I know you dislike me, LOL. I don't dislike you, G, I promise. Just got a million coming through. Uh, I will read it for you now. Hey, Cam, my idea for the NBL Cup is to have a mid-season group stage of North-South groups, split the NBL teams into two groups of North and South. 
Top two teams made the final four and have a championship game. Uh, look, there you go. Very similar idea to what is happening in the NBA. I just don't think that the NBL has the money or the interest for people to continually want to go. We had the NBL Cup in COVID, and outside of the Melbourne teams, the crowds weren't massive. Now, I know it was COVID and the pandemic, and it was a slight bubble attached to it. I understand all of that. And so I just, I, is there a way around making the NBL a bit more interesting? Absolutely there is. And they do a wonderful job of doing that. But an NBL Cup, I did see Trevor Gleeson talking about this last night on ESPN, similar to the NBA. Pre- I just don't think it would work if it's not actually in their home arenas and adds to the regular season records. Uh, last one before the break, news time. Amy drew in about one minute's time. Uh, Brett is in Mentone, one 736 736 Brett, take it away, mate. What, what, what sport are we talking? Well, firstly, I want to agree with that LBW. All I should get rid of it altogether because the review system is ridiculous. Yep. But in golf, I want to say, if you hit the stick on a bar three, it should be a hole in one. If you hit the stick... If you hit the stick right now, Brett, in golf, do you count? Like, if you hit the stick on a par three, would you count it as a hole in one or would you still be searching for that elusive ball into the cup? I'd be still be searching mm. for that ball in the elusive cup. But that bloody pitch is so thin and so much thinner than the hole. It's pretty bloody good if you can hit it. <laughs> that, that, that I don't disagree with, Brett. Are you, are you, you play golf often, Brett? All right. Well, how about a $50 e-gift card to the House of Golf, mate? Will that, will that help you get closer to a hole-in-one or hitting the pin? I'm their little putting green in their stores at mine. There know. you go. Well, you're on your way, Brett. Appreciate your call, mate. And he, he's, you are right. In the Cup is one of the most remarkable things of all time. Andy Marr will tell you all about that. But to, to hit the pin leads to frustration and also amazement if you're out there and it actually happens. Of course, $50 e-gift card going your way. All thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things Golf Trio, Summit, Jack, Sean, we're coming your way after Amy Drew takes us through the news. This in afternoons, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. I, I'll tell you this, off the 40 Wings temper text, I don't know if this would be actually possible. It'd have to be a great deal of input from the players but off the text, party court at the Australian Open. Of course, the party holes in, in certain golf tournaments around the world have uh, been fairly successful. But a party court at the Australian Open, I don't know how they would do it. Of course, you've got to be able to hear the umpire and the linesmen and women. I, I don't, but It would be raucous. We have seen, not exactly party hole, but the, you know, with the Australians, when Kyrgios and uh, Kokonakis won that doubles at the Australian Open a couple of years ago, the... A lot of loud behaviour in there, and not everyone is for it. But if you have an actual party court where everyone is well and truly aware of what is happening, there would be merit in it. And considering how successful Grand Slam Oval has been and how successful the, the social side has been when it comes to the Australian Open, I, I think us Australian sports fans, tennis or otherwise, will get right behind it. I love it. I love that idea. All right, four more to get to. We're going to get to Doug Bollinger shortly. Got prizes to give away all show. Uh, let's get to Sean, who is in... Diamond Creek, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. The Werribee Kia open line is jam-packed. Uh, Sean, what sport are we talking here? AFL, I'm a, I'm a bit hockey man too. Um, <laughs> Everybody is. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a pretty pretty common sort of um, problem during the AFL. Look, I know it's been talked about that 
It'll stop all this little paddling across the boundary line. Last touch, AFL. Mm. Unless it's really in dispute, they throw it in, but it'll stop all those little taps to the boundary and the fake fumbles. And I just think, just just make it last touch. Um, that it stops everyone booing the decision of the kick that wasn't meant to be kicked. Sideways, I just think that's got to come in. I think it's getting closer to it, Sean. To be fair, of course, we've seen it in AFLW, we've seen it in state leagues around the around the country, we've seen it in some lower levels outside of that as well. So I feel that it is continually getting to it. I I, I know there's a lot of um, it feels like there's a lot of contention around similar deliberate decisions over the course of the year, although the the terminology is not with enough intent or whatever the actual terminology is, but it's, you've got to have the intent more so than deliberate side of it. I, I still think it's, it's, it's frustrating, but I, I think it has made the game a little bit better. I think that going to another level uh, would continually do that, but I do notice that players want to stay in the middle of the ground at different times. That's the whole idea of bringing some of these rules in. So teams stay in the middle of the ground, they take the game on and scoring goes up. So uh, while we can sit here and we do pick, there's always a deliberate or not sufficient intent. Every single game, probably two a game, do we always get up in arms about? I do think there has been a positivity to it, not dissimilar to the rush behind rule that was brought in a little bit earlier. Uh, thank you for your call. Let's get to Jack, who's in Wanda North. Jack on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mate, what do you got for me? Justin from Wanda North. Uh, just is it Justin? Is it? Justin from Wanda North. Yep. My apologies, mate. I can't read. Take it away. Yeah, look, I had this discussion with some uh, work colleagues recently about um, Olympic sports, where the where the um, where the gold medal isn't, or sorry, sports where the Olympic gold medal isn't the main the main prize. Mm-hmm. So, for example, golf with the Masters, tennis with Wimbledon. So, I was thinking of like um, for some of those sports to make it like a, an under twenty three uh, event, and and like tennis and golf have them as like a uh, like a team event. So kind of Davis Cup like. Yep. Um, so, but just uh, yeah. So 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 you're winning a gold medal for your country rather than rather than yourself. I've actually had the thought, uh, Justin, in recent years that the Davis Cup should be the Olympic Games. Yeah. So the, the, the okay. Davis Cup is is unfortunate. I don't want to call it irrelevant because that is absolutely not right. But it, what it used to be compared to what it is now is 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 poles apart. And Olympic Games, as you touched on, isn't necessarily at the front, forefront of the mind. Of every, we'll use tennis as an example. So if you made the Davis Cup every four years and it coincides, so you win the Davis Cup and you win an Olympic gold medal, we would have the best players set themselves every four years to be a part of it. They have a way of representing their country. They are in a team environment. They go to the Olympic Games, so all the trimmings that comes with that is all rolled in. But you're not worried about having to try and fit it into the schedule each and every year. So the Davis Cup is every four years at the Olympic Games. Sounds great. Mate, since uh, you reminded me, Justin, about that, I'm going to give you, you want a Pataki ham, you want a Peter Jackson voucher, or you want to play 18 holes at Club Mandalay? Uh, Pataki ham sounds pretty good. All yours. It simply wouldn't be Christmas without a Pataki ham, and I love that idea. I know I got your name wrong, but I love the idea, and I apologise, Justin. I'm firmly have always been in a belief. Davis Cup has fallen away. The Olympics, whilst we have seen the, the best go there and apply their trade at different times. It's not necessarily always a driving force for the best players in the world. And that's what the Olympic Games has to be. So they need to find a way to make sure that the best tennis players are the tennis players who actually represent their country in Paris, which is too soon, but Los Angeles. And then, of course, in Brisbane 
in 2032, and away we go. Davis Cup, once every four years, coincides with Olympic Games. We'd have the best tennis players in the world making sure they are there. And, of course, male and female, you can work your way around that as well in the way that it actually logistically and structurally Look, Doug Bollinger is only about four or five minutes away. We're going to get to him on the other side of this. Theo, Summit, wait right there. All thanks to Work Locker. It's Midday Madness. Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packenham. Work where for wherever you work. Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons, Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packingham. Thank you to all the crew there. They look after Midday Madness with Dwayne Russell each and every day. And, of course, they're unlocked, stocked and full of value workwear for wherever you work. We're going to get back to the Werribee Key open line shortly. And, of course, the 40 Wings temper text with plenty of suggestions on the back of the NBA in-season tournament. What would you change or introduce in the world of sport? But let's straighten up. Our man, Doug Bollinger, SEN cricket extraordinaire big bash nation and he will be a part of it tonight we started last night the heat just belted around the stars and he joins us now doug hello to you good afternoon how are we i'm doing well mate it's amazing we continually talk about the melbourne stars are excited we think you know what could this be the year they finally get the job done then they roll on into the gabba and man the heat just belted them yeah they gave it to him didn't it it was um it was good to see, actually, wasn't it? Well, in the Gabba, naturally, for BBL, doesn't really get a, a, a jam-packed crowd. But on TV, like, I don't know how many were there, but on TV, it looked like it was it was pretty full. So it was awesome to see. There's always a conversation, and Scotty Boland, which I'll touch on in a moment, but there's always a conversation this time of year around Cricket Australia and the, the summer cricket, and we're so jam-packed. Test cricket takes pre- precedence, as well it should. But do, do you think, in your mind, is there anything with so much cricket that we have to fit in that we can do to change? You know, the Prime Minister's 11 up against a big bash on the back of the, the World Cup. It, it, as hard as it is and complicated, and then it's easy for us to say, ah, we, we need to find more room for the big bash. Is there any way we can do it? Oh, mate, I, I don't know. Mm. It's hard. I don't think so because there's that much bloody cricket around. Yeah. And, and, and then, as you said, you've got PBL starting, you've got the Prime Minister's 11, and... Yeah, I don't know what the thing is with uh, Scott Boland not playing. I don't think he's going to play the first test, so why wouldn't he play last night? I, I don't I don't get it, but maybe there's smarter people than me around or, or the latter, mate, so I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it's BBL, mate. It's four overs. You, you want your best, player, your, play, your best players playing. Well, so this is the thing. You're a fast bowler. What, what would four overs, just for, for us people who sit in the stands, four overs last night, as you're right, unless there's an injury, you wouldn't think he's going to be a part of that first test uh, lineup anyway. Like, yeah, well, how much would four overs take out of someone like like Doug Bollinger back in the day? Oh, mate, it can, it can, even though it's only four overs, it takes a lot out of you because you're thinking, you're thinking yep. on the spot, you're fielding, you're moving, you're running. The whole game, the whole game's moving forward, and I think you're right. I, I don't know, but maybe you're right. Maybe Scott Boland's got a bit of a, a bit of a twinge or something. I don't know. I'm not chucking <laughs> anything yep. out there, but you never know, mate. But you'd, you'd want him playing, and you want all these guys on the field. But you know, that, that's cricket. That's 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 what the bigger doctors and all that mm-hmm. think about and talk about and whatever about. So. It's, um, it's interesting, but let's just hope he's back next game, mate, because he's a, he's a phenomenal bowler. 
He, he really is. And it's not just the, what he can do, obviously, to terrorise batsmen, but the fact is that uh, so us Victorians are, are clearly biased towards him. But there is something, there's a relatable sense to him as well, which automatically cricket fans, regardless if it's Big Bash or Test Cricket Arena, are drawn to him. Yeah, and, and I think it's just that blue-collar nature I think he's got. And what, what he's done in his career, just coming in and, and taking as many wickets as he can, I reckon it's been phenomenal. It's take nothing away from everyone else that runs in and charges in. They've done, they've done phenomenally. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we're, we're pretty good for the bowling stocks at the moment, but they keep trying to find an opening better. I think everyone's thinking too much and overthinking too much about all that stuff. Mm. Was overthinking an issue, not necessarily with you and your career, but was overthinking an issue when you were playing cricket, like from everyone? Oh, mate, I think I think in in I think we just go back to something that you know. What do they say? If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah. If you're getting wickets, you get picked. If you're getting runs, you get picked. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Matt Renshaw's lost it on sixty-two, not out or whatever in the in the PM game. If he gets one hundred and forty, he's in. Like it's, I don't think there's any 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 means or rounds about it, you just got to pick him. Pick him if he gets, if he gets so much run. Do, do you think... I, Glenn Maxwell. Mm, do, 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 do you think with so much cricket, as we touched on, and, and everyone's aware of it, so many different formats and cricket's 12-month-a-year job right around the world, do, do you think we overcomplicate the selection process because of there's so much cricket on, sometimes it murkies the waters too much? Yeah, I think so. I, I think you're right, mate, because so, there's so many guys, so many different guys away in other leagues and tournaments and this and this and this. You kind of... You kind of got to pick those guys on certain forms on certain games where you just, I think George Bailey's done well. He's just tried to take as much back to basics as he can mm-hmm. and then just pick the, the most simple and, and, and team that can win. And I think that's just how you've got to do it. You've got to strip back everything and just go, right, we've got, you know, Test Series coming up now. Who's our best 11? That's it. Can't go, who's got this, who's got that, who's playing well in the big bashes. It's not the way it goes. You just say, who's our best team? Who's, who clicks the best and who's going to win? So, and on that, because what what there's an argument uh, traditionally where people are like yeah, but you, you need to you need to get you know some young blood in. You got to blood them in the test arena to look towards the future. I haven't necessarily always seen it that way because I think you just play your best eleven and and every test match on its merits. But do, so are you? Uh, let's just play the best team now, or do you believe there has to be some blooding of some players say against the West Indies in the back in the back end of January? Oh, mate, if you want to go down that road saying, you know, we're going to blood teams yep. in this night, whatever. But, mate, they're first-class players, mate. Yeah. They're, they're first-class cricketers. A lot of them at the moment have been around three, four, even five years, mate. Mm-hmm. They, they know how to play the game. They know how to bowl a, they bowl a cricket ball. They know how to, you know, hold a cricket bat. It's just that mentality in your mindset of knowing you're playing higher honours and just, and just switching on. That, that may sound a, bit, a little bit easy, but I think that's just how you're going to take it. Hey Doug, how much do you love being a part of the the commentary world, and the SCN media world, and and, and having such a, a different approach and, and aspect on on these matches? Of course, Big Bash Nation, you're a huge part of it. SCN cricket, are you enjoy it? Are you are you a big cricket man? Do you do you watch a great deal of cricket, or is it just something that you sort of fell into and it is what it is as you move into the next phase of your career? No, I really love being a part of the SCN family, yep. and I would like to be a part of it for years and years to come. <laughs> you want me to? No, I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy it, mate, because you know when you retire, you you step away from the game, and and the commentary part, like a lot of other ex players have said, you know, it keeps them in the game just enough to just to talk about the game and share their because we've all got different insights mm-hmm. from different generations, and um and I've got to be honest, I've got a I've got a ten year old that absolutely loves it, so he'll be with me tonight. So. Cool. 
He's already asked to have the day off school. Yeah, and... fair enough. <laughs> he's already ordered his hot dogs and chips and all that. So, mate, it's good to have it. It's good to be around it because you, 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 you don't see some of these past and present players for three or four years, and it's actually really good to, you know, to, we had the season launch in Sydney um, for SEN the other day, and I hadn't seen Simon Cadditch for, what, nearly five years. And it was good just to catch up and have a chat with him. So I'm taking that as a verbal 10-year deal, Doug. So, by the way, we're locking you in for the next decade. Here it is, Ian. I just, I just would like to get a few more test matches. I haven't had a go at that yet. I'd like to have a crack at test matches. All right, the crew out the back are noting that down. Well, uh, they're going to get to work right now. It's, of course, a coffee catch-up with our man Doug Bollinger for the Tim Tam McFlurry. It's back at Maccas. Tonight, it's about the Sydney Sixers taking on the Renegades as they start their big bash season. What what are you expecting? I'm expecting, to be honest, I think two really solid teams. Um Start of the season, start of the BBL. Someone like Nick Madison, who hasn't played for a while, mate, he'll be hungry as anything. Um, I hope that he has a really, really good uh, BBL. And the Sixers, mate, as I keep saying, they've got, what, five, six, maybe seven players that have been since BBL 1. You know, that, that's exciting to be. They must be doing something right. But I'm, um, I'm picking the, the Sixers or the Hurricanes this year. I think those two, one of those two can can really give the, the, the game a shape. You know what we do here in the media and what all the listeners do right across this great nation of ours? They're going to jot that down, Doug. So if the Sixers and the Chargers yeah, have bad seasons, mate, you're going to get smacked on socials. Yeah, when, when, when they don't win at the end of the season, I'll get absolutely <laughs> roasted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, the best thing about it is you're going to talk us through the whole Big Bash season, part of SEN Cricket and, and Big Bash Nation, and we'll get to work on getting you involved in the test match world as well, mate. We love your work and we always appreciate you giving us a call and having a chat, mate. Thanks, brother. Take care. Have a good day. Doug Bollinger, Big Bash Nation tonight. It is the Sixers and the Renegades. No Nathan Lyon. Won't be taking on his former side. And, of course, that's Doug Bollinger joining us. Barista-made ice cold drive through for your iced coffee favourites at McCafe. And the Tim Tam McFlurry is back at Mac. It's a very quick break. The Werby Key open line is open. I've still got to get some more ideas of how we can make a particular sport, whatever you choose, better our man D-Tag, it's going to join us from Hong Kong, which makes me really nervous. Bree Moody's going to join us in the next hour. Now a two-timer, Ed Carlton is the best and fairest. And Chris Golding's going to jump in to the studio as well. All thanks to Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packenham. This is Midday Madness, part of SEN Afternoons. Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons right across the SEN radio network, wherever you might be. Hello to you. Thank you for joining us. There's a lot in the world of sport, a lot of things to do, so you're listening in. means a lot to us. Patriots 14-3 over the Steelers. Steelers suck. Patriots suck even worse normally, but today it is early, a little different story. Off the text, how about my paces? Halliburton is a superstar. He is incredible to kickstart the year. And I think a lot of what the NBA in-season tournament has done is help those teams that haven't necessarily had a great deal of success recently, like Indiana, great franchise, but haven't reached major, major playoff highs in recent years. They've given them something to strive for. So everyone has different views of to which they approach a change like this. And I think the Pacers are like, let's go out and win this. It may not be necessarily about the money. It might be about the actual trophy. Either way, they're playing great. The Pelicans have played well. The Lakers won it because LeBron seems like a tight ass and 500k he wants, even though he's worth a billion. Different ways 
motivate different people and it has worked. That's no doubt at all. And that is what I'm asking you. What would you change in any sport or introduce one 736 736 And Theo in Clayton South has done exactly that. He's used the Werribee Kia open line to have a chat. Hello, Theo. Hello, Ken. How are you? I'm really well, mate. What do you got for me? Uh, AFLW. Mm-hmm. For a 12-round season, right, the first nine rounds should be the top nine and the bottom nine play each other for fairness and introduce a top 10 wild card round final system for the AFLW. So you want to, you just want to tweak the actual final system and the back end of it. So when you say the the top nine and the and the bottom nine for fairness, you mean from the previous year? From the previous year, they play each other for the first nine rounds. Okay, it's a it'd be a big change, and you'd see teams, of course, who who might not have had it necessarily had a great year the year before, have an opportunity to get deep into it, and then you introduce a wild card round and away you go. Theo, I like the outside thinking in the AFLW, mate. Thank you for the call. No worries. Beautifully done. Off the 40 Winks temper text, there is a lot. Get rid of the international, uh, the intentional foul, rather, in basketball. In the last minute, you should get two shots and side ball to stop it. There you go. G'day, Cam. They should get rid of the square leg umpire in cricket. They do nothing except send the decision upstairs. Not needed. That's from Nick. We're going to get back to your calls in a moment. This makes me nervous because our little master, Captain Tags, who runs SEN track, he does everything he has to do. He recently turned 50. He took the week off of Cup Week, actually. He fell ill on the biggest week of the year, but he deserved to celebrate and let his short hair down, and he went to Hong Kong for International Day on Sunday, a huge day of racing. He is over there. And he's joining me on Get the your line pens, now. pencils, crayons, and have your form guides be ready. Exactly. You should be because he tore it apart on Wednesday night. Captain Tags. Hello to you, David. Little Jim Wapindo Waki. I go out. Oh, I can. I was just talking to the, the, the maid, you know, the maid that's, you know. That's what? Making up your room? Yeah, while I'm still in it. How are you doing over there, mate? I, I had a couple of chats here earlier in the week. Of course, you, you've headed over on what is a wonderful Hong Kong International Day on Sunday with a huge amount of Australians involved. So we'll get to that in a moment. But, geez, Wednesday night, you, you seem to have found them everywhere. Oh, mate. Uh, I was on Gareth's show morning and afternoon, and I kept pushing this horse over, subscribe, of course, mm-hmm. you know. You know what I'm like with only fans. And, uh, and you know, it was one of our Roman best, wasn't it? And... Uh, I think you could have got about $15 over there in Australia and I paid uh, 14 in the 10s here on the tote. So uh, they had a crack at it. And, uh, yeah, Rachel King sat in the 1-1 and was never going to get beat. In in that situation, big shout-out to Nick Kyrgios, who's opened up an OnlyFans account in the last 24 hours. I, I, I do see that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. Today. Hey, uh, mate, you've been back for a little while. It's been five or six years since you've been back to Hong Kong. There's such an Australian flavour, both from a, uh, a training sense and a, and, a, and a jockey sense, but also from a spectator sense. There seems to be a lot of Australians over there getting involved in what is a great week of racing. Yeah, I think Karen Mars uh, has got a tour going here. He's got about 80 of his owners here. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, that they were, um, you know, tearing up Happy Valley on Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, last time I was over here was in 2019, just before the pandemic, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, we, when COVID was just starting to hit China, come out of that China with that bloke eating the bat. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's 
I know we've got a lot of uh, Australian jockeys and trainers over here, but we're not represented on Sunday with any horses. And uh, it's, that's a little bit sad, of course. We were hoping um, Mr. Brightside would be here, but it's always so hard after such a strenuous uh, spring for them to sort of half back up, go to quarantine and race over here, isn't it? Hey, you've ridden in that part of the world, of course. You're an outstanding, one of the best Macau uh, jockeys for the better part of a decade in the, uh, in the 90s and the early 2000s, and you spent a lot of time in Hong Kong. Has racing changed much? It, like, it's always been huge, but is, is, there, is there noticeable differences for when you go back, for when you rode in that part of the world? Uh, Macau's crap. Now it's gone because mm-hmm. of the, the big casinos and that. Uh, racing is nowhere near what it was. When I was there, it was the third biggest jurisdiction. Uh, in the world now, now it's one of the worst so uh, it's lucky to be going Macau Hong Kong well that hasn't changed the money's still there the people are still going uh, what I have found that uh, Hong Kong's very quiet uh, since the pandemic it just has sort of hasn't got back on its feet yet um, I went out with big Paddy Garsagan last night and of course my my good mate Darren who's here with me and uh, of course we met up with um, one of the, the head men in music here in Hans Ebert. So um, we're at the, uh, we ate at the Grand Hyatt, went to the Champagne Bar, and they wanted to evict us by midnight. So uh, usually you can carry on until four or five in the morning. But yeah, things have changed since the pandemic over here, that's for sure. But I think racing is still very strong. Now, when we speak on a Friday traditionally, when we work together on SN Track on a Saturday, you, you have no idea what is racing normally. You do your form late Friday and into early Saturday morning. So I shudder to ask what you think and who you like on Sunday because we're still 48 hours out before what is a, a wonderful card. Is there anything right now you're getting a little early mail for? Have you done any form? No form, but I've got good mail on um, race six there. Joe Marrera's riding for Casper Founds. Awesome flute in race six. Uh, it, they reckon it'll go close. No one's perturbed about the barrier of um, Golden 60. I think this is his swan song, isn't it? Golden it, 60. it is. Um, barrier 14, right? Everyone's worried. It may actually suit him because he's going to get back anyway from a hot tempo. Uh, and, of course, uh, Vincent Ho, who, who took out the jockey's um, challenge on, well, the jockey's championship on Wednesday night, he rides it. And he's the people's favourite over here, the, uh, Vincent Ho. Uh, when he won the when he won the championship and uh, mate, he pocketed six hundred thousand Hong Kong, believe it or not, for winning that, um, which is one hundred twenty thousand odds. Zach ran second, he pocketed fifty thousand, and Rachel King ran third, pocketed thirty thousand. Um, but the crowd, they just went ballistic when he got um, presented the trophy there for winning the championship. And he rides, of course, uh, Golden Sixty. It'll be Swan Song um, if he happens to win. Mate, the, the, the stadium, well, shots in, well, mate, people will be jumping from the roof because I think it is going to be Swan Song, and I think he can win too. Don't worry about the barrier. Hey, Romantic, romantic Warrior. Yeah, talk to me yeah, because Warrior. it's a big, it's a big ask. He, he won it last year, but it's, it's a, he's had to come here this year. It's a lot different situation than it was 12 months back. 100% with Romantic Warrior you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, um, of course. He had to do quarantine. He had a little bit of a setback. He's is, is been well documented. Um, but J-Mac said this horse has kept improving in his track gallop. So, you know, he's a champion. You don't bag champions. He won the Cox Plate. Um, they're worried about the Japanese horse, of course, that, that was in the race last year mm-hmm. as well. He didn't have much of a um, much of a, a run last year with luck in the run, I should say. 
Um, it may keep improving. He's probably the danger. I can't remember the horse's name, but it's the Japanese horse that's in the race. So he's probably the danger to a romantic warrior. All right. As always, we appreciate your time. I know you've got a million things on over there in Hong Kong, doing a great job for SCN Track as well. So we appreciate it. Get back to uh, relaxing, man. Enjoy Sunday of the track. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy, and I'll see you when I get back. David Taggart, six-time Group 1 winning jockey, Captain Tags on Instagram and on Twitter, and, of course, the leader of the SEN track. Well, I think I'm the leader, but I'll let him now that he's gone believe that he is. And, of course, Hong Kong International, huge day on Sunday. SEN track's going to be right across it on Sunday afternoon. Sam Highland and Miles Fitz are keeping an eye on that as well. All right, let's get back to your calls. one 736 736 The Ruby Kia open line is open. I've still got a round of 18 holes of golf for you and a mate and a Carter Club Mandalay to give away and a $100 Peter Jackson voucher. Dress up, stand out, be seen in Peter Jackson this summer. This look is everything with suits from $399. So prizes to give away. Let's get into it. one 736 736 Just off the text, why are you always looking to change something in sport? I'm not specifically looking to change something in sport, but it's on the back of the NBA in-season tournament that you cannot argue has been brilliant for the NBA. There was a dead period in the NBA where interest was waning, both from a playing perspective and a spectator sense. So we're looking for, on the back of that, because that has been a resounding success, something that maybe could help your sport, whatever that might be. So I'm not trying to change it. I'm just trying to have a conversation outside the box for a Friday. Wayne's in Australia wants to do exactly that. Wayne, what sport are we talking about? G'day, Australia. We got you, Wayne. Hello? Sorry, mate. That's that's our man A right out the back. He's had too many okay. again this week. So take it away, mate. What do you got? Uh, look, I've just... Um, something that we did many... You know, 40 years ago is pre-season is playing sevens rugby with handball. And it, it works really well. It's, um, it's, it's good for fitness and it's good for your skills. And I was thinking... Instead of um, pre-season matches, you have like one to four-year players play a couple of rounds of that. You know, you play 10 or 15 minutes each half and um, it just uh, works on the handball skills and their fitness and gives us a look at the young kids. Do you, do you think that if there was to be games that were just like the younger kids as a pre-season, do you think football fans would get really involved in it because that that would be the only – I love the idea of it and there's no doubt that clubs continue to look at ways to uh, build up their younger players, be it first, second, third or fourth year in, in game situations as they get towards the end of preseason. But if, if you think if they had sole games like a first to four year under 23s, do you think that there would be a great deal of interest? Well, I'm a Collingwood fan yep. and I'd, um, I'd certainly watch the Collingwood guys. I'd, um, I'm interested in what our youngsters are – are doing and um, what what they look like, but uh, I mean I played many. I'm 60 now, so it's a long time since I played. But we used to have you know, different stuff. Um, I mean I played a bit at Norwood in Adelaide, and we did that um, sevens thing as a preseason, yep. and and it was fun and it was you know, taxing and and I mean it's just thinking outside the box. Like it? No, like, like I like something, it. Something to get the kids involved without I mean without having like you know Pendlebury and Sidebottom and that they obviously wouldn't play. Little tweak of it. I like where your head is at as well, Wayne. We appreciate your call. Ryan is in Cheltenham. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. All thanks to Worklock at Caram Downs and Packingham. It's midday madness. Hello to you, Ryan. Oh, good day, Cam. Happy Friday. And to you. What sport are we talking? Uh, it's basketball as always, Cam. And I need to say I need to say a big goodbye to that possession arrow, mm-hmm. please. 
It's time to bring the jump ball back, right? I understand possession arrow in junior basketball, absolutely 100%. But a jump ball has intrigue and drama and suspense attached to it. And I think it needs, in a professional sense, need to be a jump ball. Couldn't agree more. Hey, Ryan, appreciate your call, man, as always. Ken's on the road on 1300 736 736. Ken, what's up for a Friday? Yeah, mate, the uh, kick out from full back in the AFL. What would you do? Uh, the guy that kicks out, I reckon he, if he plays on a, out of the 15 metre square, he's got to kick it past the 50 metres. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't kick it past that, anyone that marks the ball from his own side is automatically off. So it would just be a... Well, essentially, I would just say not... like Exactly the same as a not-15 rule, and the mark wouldn't count. Yeah, unless he kicks it in from the 10, 10 metre square yep. or 15 metre square, it's a mark. But if he plays on at all, it's not outside the 50 metres... That's outside the square, and I like it. Ken, you, uh, are you a golfer or a smart dresser? Uh, golfer, mate. All right, you can have 18 holes. You can uh, leave the Peter Jackson van, so we'll give you 18 holes at Club Mandalay. Sound good? That sounds fantastic. And you, Kenny. com dot au. 18 holes of golf for you and a mate. You grab a cart as well. And if you haven't won one, the good news is you can get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. So make sure you jump on clubmandalay.com. Dot AU. We're going to squeeze a break in. I've got a $100 Peter Jackson voucher I need to give away in the next 15 minutes. But you need to call me. one 736 736 The 40 Winks temper text. I love them. I'll get some more of them on the other side of this. Bree Mood is not far away. Chris Golding, likewise. Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons right across the SEN radio network. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell, who's back bigger than ever in 2024. We did all thanks to Work Locker, Karim Downs and Packenham. Unlocked, stocked and full of value. Workwear forever you work. 40 Winks Temper Text. I'll get to that in a moment. Back to the Werribee Key open line in a split second. But a news update for Toolkit Depot and Toolkit Depot tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. And it's around the Hawks who have announced some jumper numbers for 2024. Josh Weddle has moved from 37 to 23. It was always going to be a conversation. Such a famous number at the club, and he's on to it. Jack Gunston. Hey, Rod, there was no Hawthorne number 19 this year. Is that right? He's as big a Hawthorne fan as I know. There you go. So uh, they kept it free for a year, and he's back into it. In 2024, after 12 months at Brisbane. So Gunson's been reunited with number 19 after his year at the Lions. And Jack Ginnivan, he's changed clubs, but not numbers. He will wear number 33. Of course, Tyler Brockman was traded, leaving the 33 spare. So Jack Ginnivan will wear number 33 just in different colours. That's in numbers and the changes at the Hawks. All thanks to Cool t- uh, Tool Kit Depot. Everything you need under one roof, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear in store and on line. 21-3, Patriots haven't scored 21 combined for about two and a half months, and they're belting around the Steelers. The Prime Minister's 11 right now against Pakistan. Of course, as we know, Pakistan declared for 391 right now as I fire up the computer. The Prime Minister's 11-3 for 234. Uh, we've got Matthew Renshaw, 66 night out. McSweeney, the captain, seven night out as well. Green went for 46 earlier as Bancroft. 53 and Harris, 49, as they all try to put their hand up to get an opportunity into the Australian test team for the summer, which starts 
next week. Back to the Ruby Key open line, one 736 736 Your thoughts and changing and ideas outside the box or in the box, whatever you want to do to help us sport. Andrew's in sunshine. Andrew, thanks for holding, mate. Hello, how are you? Good, man. What sport are we talking? Uh, just the NBAL. Basketball, general. Yep. When you're over the 10 fouls, I think you used to be, you got to get the first one to get the second one. Yeah, the old, the old, the, the old one and one, on one. That's the one, yeah. You reckon bring it back? Oh, I know why they changed it, but it does make it a bit more exciting. Andrew, it makes it a million times more exciting. I continually push on NBL Overtime on ESPN that we should bring it back in the NBL. I, I love it. I love it. It puts the onus on the player to make a relatively, for a professional, a simple shot, 15 feet with the pressure building. And if you miss the first one, off you go. We had it in the NBL for a long, long time and went back to the two shots when we joined the, uh, you know, went a little more under the FIBA umbrella. But I'm with you, Andrew. I like it. Bring one-on-one back and put the owners back on these pro athletes. Uh, let's get to Rod in Nary Warren, one 736 736 I still got a $100 Peter Jackson voucher to give away. Rod, what is your rule change? Uh, what about when the uh, new ball's due? This is one from left field. You can either take the new ball or put an extra stump in and have four stumps to bowl it. <laughs> it is from left field. I'll give you that. But um, so you don't you don't take the new ball, but you take the extra stump. You get the choice to either take the new ball or put an extra stump in, and you don't get the new ball. Uh, firstly, I did say outside the box. So I, I, I'm not going to argue with you at all, but I, I like it, Rod. I'm going to put you into the uh, in the final three when it comes to the hundred dollar Peter Jackson voucher. So you're into it for a real outside the uh, box suggestion around the world right, of cricket. Like it. Appreciate your call. We'll see how we go in the next ten or so minutes. Uh, Forty winks. Temper text is always fired up. Uh, you know how commentators. This is from Trent. You know how commentators always say this footballer has a basketball background? How about we have an AFL team's basketball tournament? Don't mind it. Uh, on the back of the Ruck nomination and, and getting rid of it, that doesn't work off the text. There's nothing stopping the Ruckman from one team standing there and the opposition Ruckman thinking he's contesting that guy and then someone else coming over the top with a run-up and the Ruckman saying, no, I wasn't contesting the Ruck. I, I guess that could absolutely happen. I just, I just... Maybe we'll see clubs try and bring something in like that. But if you shepherd the Ruckman, as a couple of people are suggesting, that would be an automatic free kick. But you are right. There's always ways that coaches look at certain things and how they can bend the rules. I just don't think we need the Ruck nomination and to waste two or three seconds, considering how many stoppages we have. We're looking to speed the game up and we sit around trying to point at people. There's got to be a better way around it. But I understand exactly that coaches would try and maximise their ability to stretch the rules if, in fact, there was no ruck nomination rule, possibly. Hey, Paul's a man, Eliza, right before the news. Paul, you got a ruck uh, rule change for me? I just came in the racing. I thought about having your milers at Flemington as they enter the straight. About 100 metres behind them, you've got quarter horses. The quarter horses take off, and it's a fair income sprint down the straight. So the uh, so the all horses would be in the race, but some of the horses have done twelve hundred meters before they get to the quarter horses at the four hundred. That's it. And they get about one hundred and fifty two hundred meter head start, and off go the quarter horses flying down the straight chasing them. Tell you what, the quarter horses, which used to be here in Victoria, out of Calder Park, I don't think we have quarter horse racing anymore in 
in Victoria or probably not even in Australia, but it is quite prevalent in the United States. And if you are a early watcher of Sky Racing, you would have come across it. That is outside, absolutely outside the box, Paul, but that's what we do here at SEN. Uh, the news is here. We're going to get to Amy Drew. We're going to get back to a couple more calls, one 736 736. And Bree Moody is going to join us, of course. Now a two-time Carlton AFLW BNF. Chris Golding, not far off as well. SEN Afternoons, all thanks to Worklocker. SEN Radio Network, it's SEN Afternoons. Dwayne Russell, back for 2024 into January. Cam Luke filling in. And the Werribee Kia open line, as always, that never goes away. Midday Madness, all about the SEN family and your chance to have a chat on 1300 736 736. All thanks to Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia, where else? Luke is in Geelong. It is quite simple. I've got about five or six minutes to give away a Peter Jackson voucher worth 100 bucks. Before Bree Moody joins us, of course, two-time Carlton AFLW BNF after again winning it last night. So Luke has right now the new ball in the next seven minutes for your chance to win. Luke, take it away, mate. What would you do? I oh, just after the couple of hours in the AFL and the AFLW with the goal umpires, just take take that um, part out of the game. If it's a post and goes in for a goal, it's a goal. If it's a post and goes in for a point, it's a point. Same with the outer point posts. And if it hits a post and goes back into play, it's play on. It, it, look, it would add a huge amount of excitement to the fact when it when it rebounds off the post, you're trying to and back into play, you're trying to rebound it, again. It, it does feel that this is because of our our continual failure, I think, to be able to get a system that everyone is happy with and believes works. So you, you are right by bringing that in and changing the the fundamental rule of Aussie rules football, which I don't agree. I, I don't agree with it. I know Benny Lyon out the back continually pushes this as well, but we're bringing that in because we are having, we just got to get the system right. If we can get the review system right and we can get the umpires having the belief in the system and backing themselves back in, which isn't always easy. We don't need it. We don't need to change the constitutional scoring of which Aussie rules is built upon, but you are right. There are people who push it to take the, the decisions that occasionally are wrong and frustratingly complicated at different times. Luke, appreciate your call. one 736 736 to get involved. I actually, the, the last romantic thing, honestly, there, there's, a, there's a lot of romance gets taken out of professional sport nowadays, mainly because money is the highest order and romance doesn't always fit into it. But it's father-son in the AFL. Now, I know there's a lot of, chatter around it right now. The hindsight conversation around equalisation on the back of this year's AFL draft is almost at its highest. So I guess this would fit into it. I'm not a monstrous believer in the game being unequal because the Gold Coast Suns have got three kids who may not have played the game without the academy, but I understand the conversation around it. But I I think father-son. Currently 100 games, and I understand why it's 100 games, I think father-son, if, if a player plays in an AFL premiership, in an AFL premiership, then the father-son rule and the na- the games needed should just equate to two full seasons. How many games we play now? 23 or, or 24? How many? 23? We're still at 23. We're about to go up. So if, if, if you play in an AFL premiership, for your son 
to be nominated as father-son, you've had to have played 46 games for that club. There's romance attached to it. All the rest of it, the bidding system, the point system, which is getting thrashed out and continually evolving, still the same. 100 games if you didn't play in a premiership. But if you play in a premiership, you are linked to that club. Your name is linked to it for life. And there's very few romantic notions left in sport. And I think 46 games equating to two seasons should be enough for a father-son, a premiership father-son connection. Little tweak in it. Andrew's in Bendigo. Last one before the break. Bree Moody, not far away. Andrew, take it away. Uh, yeah, I got uh, one for the AFL. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ruckman face east-west at all times. Never take... So they can't fight each other going into the... Um, all around the ground. So around the stoppages, you mean? Yeah, yep. So it's, they've got to face each other. One would make it get rid of the... Ask who the Ruckman are, but uh, they just come in, face each other, and I reckon it'll fasten up the game as well. So no wrestling, put it straight up and away you go. Yeah. Which yep. is which is exactly what happens in the centre bounce, right? Or the centre throw up. Yeah, exactly. And, and how often does it come back except for a recall bounce, which they should get rid of the bouncing altogether, but mm. that's another story. Yeah, I, I just think it'll help free up the game and it'll also help with congestion because... Um, because it's going to come out quicker, you've got to be down, ready to go. There you go. Andrew, we appreciate your call, my man. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you. Off the text, what are you talking about? I'm to- I, Well, just off the text, let me – well, actually, there are a couple of suggestions here. Blindfold boxing and horse racing has come through as well. I ask what – when you say what are you talking about as a question, you need to specify what topic we were talking about at the time. I still think there can be talk about father-son if that's actually what – you are asking. Off the 40 Wings temper text before we get to a break. Bree Moody, only moments away. G'day, Cam. This is from Mozza. He says, AFL, like to see the reserves come back with a Tassie team now. I think I think that's getting closer and closer. And in golf, a domestic golf tour, which tours all the top golf courses in Australia, which is played by amateurs and any local golfer that aren't good enough to play. There you go. He also wants a free-to-wear 24-hour sports channel, which we do have. Um, close enough to it, I guess. Close enough. To it or daughter Steve off the text you're right AFLW you are you are right I I, I personally believe that if uh, the 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 AFLW father son mother daughter rule should just be one game just one game to be able to continually get the players in the next generation who have been exposed to football and and add to the romance but thank you for the text Steve it's absolutely you're on the money there uh, Cam in AFL if they kick it backwards it should be play on. A kick in from behind should be distinguished as a kick in, not as a kick in the stats. I think Kane Corns has been big on this a fair bit. I don't think he's the only one. Uh, just make a third man up in the ruck as an infringement. No need to nominate. That's from Stewie in Perth. Beautifully, beautifully said. Off the 40 Wings Temper text, of which I'll get back to plenty more in a moment. The all-new Temper Pro is here. It's Temper's most adaptive mattress ever. It's here right now. Make sure you get involved. All thanks to Temper, a mattress like no other. A very quick break. Bree Moody, she's a two-time Carlton AFLW BNF, and she's going to join us on the Werribee Kia open line on the other side of this. Afternoons on SEN. Cam Luke filling in for Dwayne Russell. It is SEN Afternoons right across the SEN radio network. Wherever Kia open line is open, one 
736-736. And this person who has used it is, I'm assuming, on top of the world. Of course, now a two-time Carlton AFLW Best and Fairest winner. She uh, was, again, the winner last night. I speak of Bree Moody, who joins us on SEN Afternoons. Bree, congratulations. Hi, Cam. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm still, um, yeah, I suppose, letting it all sink in, but um, so honoured to, to win again last night. Hey, a little tweak in your role this year. We've seen you a little more inside 50. When you look back at the year that was, and we'll touch on the, the team as a whole in a moment, but how did you, into last night, leading into last night's Vocan, how did you assess your own season? Honestly, I... It was it was totally unexpected. I thought my season was a little bit inconsistent, given that I was pushing up forward a bit more, but then um, played a few games predominantly in the ruck towards the back end of the season. So um, I was really happy with how I went, and I knew that it would be a season where um, I just needed to develop skills up forward, understand a new game plan. Um, but yeah, so fortunate that. Um, my effort and, and hard work was recognised last night. Well, when you when you have that, when you have a new coach who comes in and you sit down, you have a chat, and there's a little tweak in it, and you have been so successful as the as the as the number one ruck woman at the team since since day dot since that opening game back in 2017. How do those conversations go from from your side of the of the convo? Yeah, it was um, awesome to get to know Matthew Buck this year. I've got along with him so well, and. Um, yeah, from the get-go, we, we went for a walk around Princess Park and we sort of laid out what the season would look like. And to be honest, he was a little bit hesitant to um, let me go up forward this year. It was yep. something that I was pushing for. Yep. Um, but come round one, he was pretty happy to um, to let me go for it. And yeah, I, I felt so comfortable with him from the start, sort of talking about um, what my role is up forward, not necessarily about kicking goals because... Sometimes you, yeah, you feel like you don't have as much impact when you don't. But um, yeah, he's been great to work with this year and, and so comfortable. And I, yeah, look forward to continue working with him and developing in both positions. We continually chat about, you know, whoever is playing in the ruck. It doesn't matter if it's AFLW or AFL and the way that the game is played. You have to be able to go inside fifty and and do something different, or maybe go back and 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 be that that spare person behind the ball. Is that? conversation and the way that footy has played a little more the catalyst for, for why you wanted to, to broach it and do it this way? Exactly. I think so. Um, I want to be as versatile as I can to help the team. So whether, like you said, that is slipping back or, or pushing up forward, I want to be able to have an impact, not only in the midfield. So, yeah, the more time I spend forward um, to, to be able to develop that, it's only going to better the team. What, what did you make of the year overall? There's always frustration when you, you don't make the eight, but four wins out of the 10, it's a it's a shorter season. So so banking wins early, obviously a, a huge amount of momentum. But when you look back on the season, new head coach, plenty of change at the football club. What what, what do you see in it? And is, is it exciting for what's going forward? Are you, are you confident the club's going in the right direction? For sure. I'm so confident. Um, like you touched on, we had so much change in the off-season from yeah, new game plan, new coaches, new teammates. Um, we're still quite a young side, not only in age, but also in terms of playing together. So, um, yeah, I think this season's put us in really good stead. It was a little bit of a roller coaster, and there was a, a pretty high sort of mental load. But I can't wait to get stuck into pre-season with that season behind us now, and we're only going to be able to grow from that. It was a very close count last night, which traditionally is a good thing going forward. It was, exactly. Um, like I said, I, I 
didn't expect to take away the win and was very close. I think only a few points sort of separating first to fifth. Um, so, yeah, to, to be able to take it away is pretty special, but to be among the likes of Mimi Hill, Keely Shearer, Abby McKay, um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting future for the footy club. Bree Moody joins us on SEN Afternoons. Uh, again, the winner of the Carlton AFLW Best and Ferris last night. Uh, there's always a lot of conversation about the, the length of the season, when the season is actually on and, and how it all plays out. Personally, how do you find playing football at, in the back end of the calendar year? I didn't mind it. Uh, I think the momentum flows on really well from the men's season. Um, there's a buzz around the club, or there certainly was for us this year, which made our season more exciting or the pre-season more exciting anyway. Um, and to be wrapped up by Christmas, to spend that time with family and friends is something that, yeah, I'm so happy to, yeah, I suppose, to be finished by. So, um, yeah, I look, I don't have much control over yep. it at all, but, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with where it sits at the moment. Is that the way to go about Like, I, I know that there, there is always that controversy and it, should there be more games and it's it's building and it's, it's building quickly, no doubt. But as a player, is it sometimes just best to just say, look, as much as we're going to get where we're going, you've been there since day dot, so you've seen such a great evolution already. Is it better just to say, what will be will be, and I'll just focus on what I can do? Exactly right. And I think, yeah, a few years ago, COVID taught us to sort of control what we can and leave the rest um, sort of behind. So, yeah, I'm just focusing on what I can control, um, putting in the effort I can for the time that I'm at the club and for the amount of games that we play. So, um, yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, apologies if this has actually now been announced, but are you and your sister playing together next year or can you not comment on that? Where do we sit there? Uh, I think trade period started yesterday. Yeah. Um, there's, there's been a few rumours. I haven't <laughs> actually had too much of a chance to talk okay. to Celine since, um, since last night, but I would absolutely love to play alongside her. Um, whether it comes to fruition, I'm, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll leave that up to the recruiting team and, and we'll see. That's fair. And I won't ask you any more questions on that. But I will ask about the conversations that you two have away from football because you're both doing the same thing at, at different clubs and you're trying to strive for the same things. Is there is there a great deal of football chat or do you try and stay away from it when you just get together? To be honest, there's not too much football chat. Um, yeah, people have asked over the years, do you, do you compare plans or strengths and weaknesses and whatnot but really when we're when we're together we just enjoy time with our family and our friends and yeah don't really talk too much about footy that sort of uh I suppose work for both of us so um yeah footy's not necessarily off limits but we we don't talk too much about it well what do you do away from football I uh finished uni a couple years ago I do sports science and business so I'm very active done a bit of group fitness instruction, but um, also some footy coaching now at De La Salle, um, Old Collegians, and just, yeah, I suppose continuing to develop my career away from footy, but mm-hmm. it is still, um, I suppose, within the sport and football environment. Have you ever thought about going into horse race training? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Look, I've thought of it over the years, but seeing how hard mum and dad work yeah. um, and have done, for, for their whole lives. So I think I prefer just going in and enjoying the race days as opposed to actually working at the stables. That, that actually sounds like everyone else, to be honest, regardless if they've got a famous family member who's heavily involved in horse training or otherwise. Yes, I think so. But Selene, Selene is taking a bit of an interest to it. Okay. So, yeah, who knows? What's that space?
Beautifully done. Hey, uh, Bree, congratulations. It's uh, been another outstanding year. There is no doubt, obviously, when there is so much changing, and that includes the head coach, that it can occasionally be a roller coaster, but there is no doubt Carlton seemed to be going in the right direction and led by you perfectly again. So congratulations, and we'll talk again in the new year. Thanks, heaps, Cam. Bree Moody, there you go. Carlton AFL-WB and F winner last night. She's now a two-timer. She's outstanding. She's been in the All-Australian team a couple of times. And, and of course, Rumour Mill in the last three or four days in particular, teaming up. At Carlton with her twin sister, but the ink isn't dry yet, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. Now the AFL-W trade period is officially open. A very quick break. Plenty more on the other side of this. Afternoons on SEN. Huge last hour, SEN Afternoons. Dwayne Russell back in 2024. Cam Luke filling in for the pipe, all thanks to WorkLocker. 1-300-736-736 to get involved. Chris Golding in studio this hour, superstar. He plays his 250th game for Melbourne United this weekend, of course. Two-time championship player, Olympian, Olympic bronze medalist as well in Tokyo. So we're going to have a chat to him about all things, not just himself and Melbourne United, but all things basketball right now across the Royald. Uh, it's the Lakers by seven, 44-37 over the Pelicans early into the second quarter. Just off the, I want to just finish that text we got. So he says, you want one game to qualify for father-son. I, I don't want one game to qualify for father-son. Father-daughter. If you've played one game for a club, uh, I would love to see the, the continual next generation play AFLW. In AFL, Hundred games is about right. Hundred games is fine. Not not an issue in the world with that. It works, I think. But I, I think if you've played in a premiership, if if you have and you've got that link to that football club, and there's very few romantic notions left in AFL or in professional sport, that that should drop to fifty. Now, I, I, people off the off the text on Twitter will say it was unequal the competition. I don't think it will, mainly because of the way that the father son is now set up. If you have got an absolute jet father son you need to be extremely savvy when it comes to points and the national draft to be able to get the player in i think equalization right now in the afl is as best as it's ever been Uh, i don't know how that's going to change in the next five or six years i don't with tasmania coming in everyone's absolutely going nuts on the back of the the academy in the back of the national draft around the suns the suns haven't played a final the suns have not played a final so how about we just allow them and get these kids to play before we start talking about an unequal competition? Since the draft, the concessions with the Suns and the two that involved the Giants, ever since then, A right out the back, you have to you have to have a look at this. The only teams to not win a final are Essendon and Gold Coast. Every other team has won a final. We've had you know droughts broken when it comes to Richmond and Melbourne and the Bulldogs. We've had the Giants make grand finals. We've had teams go up. We've got teams go down. We've had the Eagles win, and now they're like, absolutely right now at the, at the bottom of the barrel. I, I think the equalization in the AFL, not every single rule, and I haven't always been huge on free agency compensation, not every single rule makes sense. But I also think you got to look at the sum of all of it, and we've got an incredibly equal AFL competition. Again, Does it have to continue to evolve? How will it look with Tasmania? I don't know. I don't know what the AFL have in plan. We've got to sort the stadium out, when that will be. But uh, there's no doubt that the clubs are thinking right now being able to stockpile this talent. 
But I just think with the father-son, I think there's such a nice moment when we see a son roll into a club that his son has, his father has been a huge part of, including an AFL premiership. So that's the premise of that. Hey, the 40 winks temper text is always fired up. Uh, this is on golf from Chris. We have a tournament once a year where we play 18 holes of golf. You are allowed seven left and seven right-handed clubs. You have to play nine holes right-handed and nine holes left-handed. Would love to see a pro 36-hole tournament like this. <laughs> okay. Kermit suggesting get rid of goalkeepers in soccer, smaller goals to increase scoring, and also a free drop when I land in a sand-filled divot. Probably don't get them at Mandalay. There we go, clubmandalay.com. You get rid of the 666 warning in footy if you've offended, pay the free. That's fairly simple, says Ben in Adelaide. And to be fair, I think he's pretty much on the money. Now, Chris Golding, not too far away, but we have had a huge money man in the world of golf. Johnny Rahm wins the Masters, and the rumours have been there for a couple of weeks. He's put his hand up and he's off to live. This is what he had to say. You know, it's, it's not an easy decision because uh, I've had a really successful career and uh, I've been very happy, but... There's a lot of things that Live Golf has to offer that were very, very enticing, right? Starting with team golf. Uh, being part of a team is something that's been really big for me throughout my career. I was part of the Spanish national team from the ages of 14 till I graduated college. Uh, I was part of the Arizona State golf team. Uh, and, you know, as a pro, you don't have that chance very often. And if you're European or American, you barely have that chance, right? So. It's something that is very, very fun uh, to play for something more than just yourself. And simply the growth that Live Golf has brought to the game of golf, right? It's something fresh, it's something new, something with a ton of potential and opportunity, and something I'm really excited about. He's excited about many things. I assume that the big amount of dollars that are attached to his signature as well is exciting. And that's the thing we spoke about earlier. I've got no dramas with players or golfers. Who doesn't matter? Changing teams for financial reasons. But when professionals put their hand up and say, oh, no, no it's not because of the money. Of course, it's, it's $500 million. Of course, it's because of the money. Uh, Jules the Stoop, of course, continued to talk about it earlier today as well. Well, I mean, I don't think you can discount the money no matter what he mm. said. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, reported to be nine figures uh, up front, you know. So that, that means you're talking about $100 million, U.S. dollars right there. And then maybe a, a, a payment, uh, another payment per year, and um, you know that's a lot of money. I mean, you're, you're, you'd have a hard time making that in golf, even with endorsement. So um, that's part of it. But my guess, my my gut tells me he's not happy with the way this framework agreement is going. Um, he might not be happy with his place or how he's been viewed. I mean, uh, Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy have been very out front with all of this. And maybe, you know, maybe he's upset that his opinion hasn't been, hasn't been uh, uh, sought. Uh, maybe he feels that as part of this agreement that he wasn't going to cash in like others will. Uh, you know, this new, this, this new entity that the tour wants to form, whether it's with the public investment fund or not, is a for-profit entity in which they have said, the players will get equity stakes in it. Well, maybe he felt like, hey, that's, that's a pittance. That's nothing. Why are we doing that? You know, I mean, th this is conjecture on my part, but there has to be more to it than the money when he was so against it all along. 
Bob Hay, Bob Hay earlier today with Jules the Soup. It has, I think, from a simple person from where I sit, it is continually muddying the waters as to where this whole PGA and live golf meant to be soon to be partnership is actually sitting. And there's clearly a, a hell of a lot of disenchantment when it comes to a lot of players right now. And if you read what's being reported, Patrick Cantlay is fairly much at the front of it. And then you hear sources suggesting that is in fact not true. So we'll see what plays out over the next year or two. What we do know is that Liv is going to be back in Adelaide next year and it's sold out in about four minutes. And that's going to be big for the Adelaide golfing. In fact, the Australian golfing fans. Hey, Jonathan Zayman is our main man at Boombet. Jay-Z, the Sixers and the Renegades play tonight. My man, what's the money looking like? Yeah, I mean, it looks like a pretty even game so far. You know, I'd say both sides are at full strength. And the punters agree with this as well. It's pretty much a 50-50 call. But it appears, you know, that Sydney might just have a bit more talent when it comes to the batting stocks for this one with Clinton DeCock missing it for the Renegades. Um, you know, Renegades obviously making the finals last season. So they're coming in with a much more improved squad. Adam Zampa obviously switching sides from the Stars. And he's, he's coming in with some great form post the World Cup as well. Um, you know, the, the Sixers at the moment are $1.65, obviously with Quinn and DeCock missing. But I quite like the, the wicket-taker markets. Adam Zampa, top wicket-taker for the Renegades at three seventy, and Tom Curran, top wicket-taker for the Sixers at $4. There's some value right now. The punters seem to be agreeing without going for those markets rather than a head-to-head selection. So it should be an interesting one. But, yeah, definitely those top wicket-taker markets are the one to go for. Jay-Z, love of a man. Have a good weekend. Thanks, boys. Get in on the boom with Boom Bet. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Just before we get to the break, the thing this is off the 40 Wings temper text from Craig. He says, the thing you are ignoring is Gold Coast and GWS are not the only ones who get access to the Northern Academy. I know. Hitwood and Heaney, Brisbane and Swans, gets mentioned here, also get access to them. Would you be happy with Brisbane or Swans getting four first-round kids just after playing in a grand final? That's Craig. Well, if it actually happens and we have that conversation, then it will be maybe a little more dire. But we are in a situation where we are now angry because we're the Northern Academies where we all agree we need to develop in non-AFL strongholds where the NRL and rugby league is absolutely the number one sport. And now the Suns, and there's an academy situation where the points are attached. So other teams can actually be quite savvy to push themselves up the draft order as well. I, I get what you're saying, Craig, and we've seen Hitwood and Heaney be a part of this and end up at these clubs because of these academies. But the fact is we are in a very equal AFL landscape, and I think sometimes, myself included, forget about that. A quick break. Uh, Six-point lead for the Lakers, 53-47 over the Pelicans, four minutes to go in the second quarter in the other semifinal in Vegas in the NBA in-season tournament. Chris Golding in the house on the other side of this to talk all things basketball. Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons. Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell. He'll be back in 2024. NBA, Vegas right now. LeBron James and Zion Williamson going at it. But let's talk a little NBA. What we're trying to do is get people in studio, have a chat about all things their profession and whatever the hell they want to talk about, to be fair. And Chris Golding is in studio for a Friday afternoon, of course. NBA legend, Olympian two-timer and an Olympic Bronze medalist, CG43 in the house. How you doing? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. It's uh, 
feels good to be back in the studio. I've been in the studio with you for a while. We need to get you in a little more, mate. I know you've got a lot on, but you can squeeze some more time for us uh, SENers, can't you? Please, invite me. I'm, I'm, I'm free a lot of the time. Hey, uh, before we get into all things happening with Melbourne United and, and yourself, uh, NBA in-season tournament, we've spoken a fair bit about it today. Are you, are you someone who watches like other basketball and, and NBA? Are you someone who, who takes it in or you got too much on on your own plate? No, I, I generally watch um, the NBA come playoff time. Yeah. I think that's some of the best basketball mm-hmm. going around when the stakes really get raised. So it's what the NBA is trying to do with this tournament, mm-hmm. raise the stakes mid-season. Because I think if you just watch the same regular season games from start to finish of the season, it can get a little stale. Absolutely. Uh, I would imagine it would for the players as well, mm-hmm. 82 games. So I, I don't mind them trying this. I've, I've probably watched more of these in-season games than I have re- regular season games this year, but that'll definitely ramp up once the playoffs come around. So so on that, because they're in a situation where they play 82 games a year, and, and there is no doubt that the players coast in, I won't say half, but I'll say 35% of them because the LeBron Jameses of the world know that as long as they get to the playoffs, they can half switch it on and away they go. How do you go? Because you, you recent times have been playing 12 months a year. We had the Olympics, so you sort of rolled on through. We had a, a different kind of NBL seasons with COVID and the bubble and all of that. You played for Australia again in the offseason, the World Cup. Do, do you find yourself needing time to refresh from the game? Yeah, definitely, but... Uh... Not not too much time, mm-hmm. um, and especially as you get a bit older, the more time you take off, the harder it is to um, get back in shape. So even when I'm sort of not on court, not playing, you still have to find yourself doing some type of fitness, uh, staying in the gym. Otherwise, you just get too far behind the eight ball, mm-hmm. um, especially the way the game's going these days. It's, it's bigger, it's younger, it's faster. So... Getting behind the eight ball is not a good idea, but you definitely need a mental refresher. Um, but the challenges of going to different teams and figuring out different roles and leagues and that sort of stuff is uh, something I love within itself. So I wouldn't say it's draining um, playing 12 months of the year, but every now and then the body needs a little break. Your wallet gets a little workout as well. <laughs> how was how was Paris? Because you, you've done a little Europe stuff over the time, but you wandered over to Paris. H- how did you enjoy it? Yeah, too much. You said the wallet got to work out in the reverse direction. The other way. That's what happens when you take the family over, mate. Paris, France is not cheap. Um, But an amazing experience for us. We were there for three months Mm -hmm. together. Um, My daughter, who's about to turn three, she loved it. My wife took some time off work. So not only did we have a great situation at the club, we had a great situation, um, you know, living in the city centre, uh, what an opportunity for us to do that as a young family. And it made it a bit easier that I had some familiarity with the coach and mm. Will Weaver at Paris. And um, we started winning some games after I got there as well. How does that go? Like Will Weaver, of course, coached Sydney here for a short time and such a main rival of, of Melbourne United. So not to say there's major bad blood, but there's sometimes awkwardness when you you link up. Is it is it straight up and you have one convo and it's all good? Or do you, do you joke about the times where you, he had to try and coach against you? How, how does that all work? Yeah, it's something that's um, probably a bit more unique to the NBL is mm-hmm. like the perceived bad blood between opposition and, and all that. And it is a bit like that, you know. I've played in other areas of the world and I know the NBA guys are the same, that when they, they're mates and other Aussies come to town, they're hanging out, they're mm-hmm. getting drinks, getting dinner. It's something we don't do very well in the NBL at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just how competitive it is. We only play 25, 28, sometimes, I don't know, 33 games if you're lucky enough. 
it, it's just every game means so much. So you're so locked in mentally around our games, whereas in other parts of the world, I mean, you play 50, 60, 70, 80 games. So um, I'd spent time with Will at the national team as well. So our relationship was strong. We'd kept in contact since he left Sydney. So um, it was a no-brainer for me to go up and um, to go over there and, and try and help him out. And what he did for me was get me ready for – um, coming into the World Cup campaign, coming into uh, camp so I could go and put my best foot forward and make that team. How about Wemby? <laughs> What's it like playing against him? Because you played him in a final, right? In the final. No, we played him in uh, the last regular season okay. game. So okay. we had to beat them mm-hmm. on their floor to make the playoffs. Okay. Um, How do you scout him? Like, what, what do you do in the film room when you're looking at him? Yeah, it's real. Like, it's so real because I got I missed the, the first time that Paris played them and we got there and I, I spoke to Will about it. And he was like, I, I kept telling the guys, don't shoot over him. You know, if he's guarding you, move him around, take him to the perimeter, get him out of there. And he finished the game with nine blocks. <laughs> <laughs> so we doubled down on that, yeah. that message. Uh, I think he only had a few or three or four this name, but it's, it's, it's a real problem. And our scout was if he is guarding you or if you are in the paint and he's around, you do not shoot it. Mm -hmm. You move it and look for a better shot because that, even if you think that's a good shot, it's not. Is he better offensively or defensively right now? Because all those things you touch on and what we have seen from NBA teams trying to work on it with the brooms and all the rest of it, it's, it's all inch towards his defense, but offensively, he he's unique as well. He he is, and I think the highlight plays of his offense is what you see mm-hmm. or what you saw yeah. previously um, before he got drafted. But I was, you know, staunch in the fact that even if he's not shooting the ball well, and you see him make threes and he's streaky, his shot will get better. His offensive game will develop. Where he can change the game is on the defensive end. And we're seeing that now, you know, he's blocking shots from, from everywhere. So even if he throughout the course of this season is not going to be as polished, as fantastic, as consistent offensively, what he will do is change the game defensively from the second he steps on the floor. Did he get you? No, he didn't. But anytime I switch. Afternoons, Cam Luke in for Dwayne Russell, 043398 to get involved. A lot of people off the 40 Wings temper text asking about your golf game, CG. So we'll just park basketball for a second. How is your your golf game going? We, uh, myself and a couple of the guys uh, got off at 7.35 mm-hmm. yesterday in the morning at Southern Golf Club. Um, didn't start well. There were some dark times for mm-hmm. me, um, but... I was texting my wife, I don't know why I do this on my day off. I waste my time. Come out here. And then I reeled off two birdies in a row, a couple pars to finish and had 39 points and almost won the comp. So how is it going at the moment in the last 24 hours? Pretty good. But, basketball, uh, basketball gets in the way of golf, doesn't it? At times? No, no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> you, you, mate, you and I played at Royal Melbourne and you brought that dude who was pretty much a scratch golfer. Mm. Who was that guy? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my mates. <laughs> but... You are not a scratch golfer. No, I'm the worst golfer of all time. I thought we were going out for a bit of fun, and you bought some dude who just went 
bang off you, the first tee. You rocked up at RM. I think you had runners on. You had chinos on. I and did. It was almost like you'd borrowed someone's polo and hit the ball 14 metres in front of you. That wasn't the worst issue, though, because... Classic chino. Adam Cooney nearly got kicked off for having a visible tattoo, so... Yeah, he wasn't yeah. He wasn't much better. At least he could get it, get the ball in the air. But, yeah, it was a, it was a motley crew down at RM West that We've got to do it again, actually. Hey, um, at the Olympic Games, you, you've been to two now. Uh, 2016 in, in Rio and and a fourth place. It's so close to that medal and that, that magical medal in Tokyo. But in such different circumstances with no real fans allowed. Just just talk about the, the differences of uh, clearly a medal compared to fourth, but the differences in the experiences from Rio to, to Tokyo. Yeah, it, vastly, vastly different. Um, you know, my family was there in Rio for my first Olympics. There was still like a... You know, do you remember the Zika virus? Mm-hmm. So there was still like that thing going on. Yeah, it was okay. like, don't stray too much from yeah. your accommodation. You know, the the village was a long way out of town in Rio. So there wasn't too much going out and getting amongst the, the locals or anything like that. The crowds were amazing. Um, and that's probably the one thing we missed a little bit more in Tokyo. Central village in in the heart of Tokyo amazing people, amazing culture. It would have been great to get really immersed in that and then see those fans at the games as well. Um, so it was a, a contrasting experience, but Tokyo for obvious reasons was such a, a career highlight. You've, you've done so much in your, in your career and it's still going so strong, but like you're an Olympic medalist, like did, did, has it, does it sink in or is that something as you, Go into retirement in 10 years' time, you'll think more about because you've, you've got an Olympic medal at home. Yeah, I think it's something as I get older and my kids get older, uh, will not feel more special, but you, you'll look back on it a lot more fondly. Like at the time, we were so caught up in achieving what everyone wanted the boomers to do, and we celebrated and partied, and then it calmed down, and you know, four weeks in quarantine or <laughs> make you real calm before you get out. Um, so I kind of didn't really hit me again until I got back to Melbourne and everyone was like, I want to see the, where's the medal. And like people on our street were like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. How good's this? So then all the feelings sort of um, again. resurfaced again. So it's pretty special, but I think it'll get special um, or even more special as, you know, relatives and kids and that get older. You've, you've done, you, you've stood up in major massive games and, and, and gone nuts when it comes to NBL championships and all the rest of it. But being a part of what Paddy Mills did that night, have you, have you seen something or someone do something that special with, with so much that rides onto it? Nah, it was superb. It was honestly one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. And knowing that, just in isolation, the basketball itself, the pressure, but everything else that Pat does and the, the how outspoken he is about wanting to win and um, make our um, program what he thinks it should be. He, he dumped all that pressure on his shoulders yeah. as well. And then on top of that, to go out and put a performance like that together is just ridiculous. It's, it's, it's never easy to get a sense of when someone's going to do something like that, right? But... Like, did you have a sense that it all, everything that had led up and he, he was unfortunately central to a disgusting call in Rio. So like he's, he's at the forefront of everything that is driving towards him. Like, did you have a sense pregame that he was going to do that on court as well as what he has to carry outside of it? No, but what I will say is 
and I'm a big believer in like your preparation and how hard you work. Sometimes the games don't go how you plan. And that's all right because it's live sport. It's, you know, everyone's working hard for the, for the same thing. So there's going to be losers. There's going to be people on the wrong end of stuff. But the way that he prepares and prepares himself for boomers basketball, international mm-hmm. competitions is second to none. Like I, I know right now at Atlanta, he's not playing that much. He will be doing workouts specifically focused on the offenses and where he thinks he's going to get shots in Paris in six, seven, eight, nine months time. That That is the way he approaches the boomers. And it's the reason why he's been so sec- so successful on that stage for so long. Paris for you, it's, it's driving you? It is, yes, but... Much the same as I'm, I have been driven mm-hmm. in years gone by. I understand um, the talent level within the country. Um, I understand the choices that the coaching staff have at their disposal. And if they need me, 100%, not a worry. If they don't, if they come and say thank you, well, how lucky am I that I've you know, got to play in five major tournaments and represent my country. Do you, do you have a, is there an ongoing conversation with Brian Gorgian or is it roll the balls out into the training camp? How does it all work? Because you are in the team, you're in the, you're in the team and the last team that we've seen the boomers. So is there convos with Brian Gorgian or is it just like, Hey man, we'll see you in wherever the camp is. Like, how does it work for you? Which is a little different to an NBA guy like a Patty Mills. I think everyone has dialogue with the coaching staff mm-hmm. and Brian and um, Matty Capes, those guys. So yeah, there's dialogue. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's no more than I'm going to get in good shape. I'm going to come in mm-hmm. and um, whenever it may be and put my best foot forward. And um, we've, we've caught up and, and spoke about a little about the world cup and how we thought we could have been better there or what do we need to do going forward? But no more than he would be having chats with all the NBA guys when he's going over to the States and all the guys that are based in Japan or Europe or, or whatever it may be. Just before we get to a break, we're going to touch on Melbourne United and the NBL on the other side of it. Uh, you, you mentioned quarantine. So it was – the Olympics are what – you're training every single day. It's all about, you know, your professional, like physical top. <laughs> and then what, you just sit in a little room or – did you have a balcony? Whereabouts were you quarantined? I went to, to Brisbane. Yep. Um, and there was no balcony, no windows. So just a hotel room. Right, there was a window yep. that didn't open. Okay. Um, so, yeah, just your stock standard um, run-of-the-mill hotel room. How, how did you find it? Like, as, a, as a professional athlete, how did you find just stopping after what had been a, a huge time? Well, we celebrated pretty hard yep. for the first two nights. So I was ready to get uh, So you needed the two weeks? <laughs> no, not the two weeks. <laughs> Um, it was challenging and anyone, whether they're athletes or whatever they do in their walk of life that mm-hmm. had to go through isolation or quarantine or whatever it was, will admit that it was really challenging mentally and physically and all those things. I guess we can just kind of laugh about it now and you know, what, what was going on back then, but hey, yeah, it was challenging. Where is the medal? Well, Sobe had his stolen. Yes. So I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't want to, um, but you know where it is, though. Yeah, I know where it is. Okay, that's it's safe. So you got it back, right? Which is a remarkable a story back, yeah. in its own right. Which is yeah. uh, it's huge. All right, wait right there. We're going to touch on Melbourne United on the other side of this. It's a uh, fifteen-point lead for the Lakers in Vegas to kickstart the third quarter. All thanks to Work Locker. This is SEN Afternoons.
Afternoons on SEN. SEN Afternoons. Cam Luke filling in for Dwayne Russell off the text. Is a nine-year-old girl choosing the music, having a crack at A-Rod, the DJ at the back, who does a wonderful job traditionally. Chris Golding in studio. All thanks to Hungry Jacks. Make sure you check out the Hungry Jacks NBL on ESPN. Let's touch on Melbourne United, mate, because uh, it has been a nice start to the season. You've had injuries galore. Sunday, we'll start there because it wasn't overly good. How was the week on the track? This week coming? or The, mm, the week on, just gone. Yeah, it's been, uh, you, you know, you say we're ticking along nicely and we are 10 and 3, top of the ladder, but, it, you know, you have a loss like that. It certainly doesn't feel like that. You, um, you want to make up for it right away, but um, a week between games is uh, a long time and we've been feeling that on the training track. 250 games for United this week for you, CG. Yeah. Congratulations on that. You've been there since Thanks. the branding, or you were there prior to the branding of it, and now the rebranding. Dean Vickerman's been the coach there for a long time, and he's a defensive guy, so he would have been pretty annoyed, I assume, on Sunday after they put up 67 and a half. Yeah, and, and we, we watched film, we watched it, and there was just so many instances where we saw, you know, that's not, when we're at our best, that's not how we guard mm-hmm. these actions. That's not how we play. So um, focus has uh, been, you know, let's get back to doing what we do best, which is playing good defense. As you said, Dino's a, a, a very defensive-minded coach. So let's let's shore up that area. And I think we scored over 100 points. So it's not really the, the problem. Um, it's on the defensive end or it was uh, that game. Do you think you are the smartest basketballer right now you've ever been? And I asked that question based on watching you play a lot and, and you work off the ball and the way that you've gone about certain situations this year. Do you, do you think you're a smarter basketballer now than maybe ever? Uh, well, you know, um, experience brings mm-hmm. um, certain things, knowledge. Uh, so potentially, um, I'm not running around saying, oh, my – Basketball IQs, this, that, the other. Um, but yeah, I, I guess. No, I'll rephrase you... the question because I fair, I'll rephrase it to be like: Do you, do you now the way you play your basketball? Do you find yourself playing it more efficiently than you might have a decade ago? I think. Oh, well, I definitely think about the game differently, yep. and um, what I value within the game um, has definitely changed mm-hmm. since I was a you know twenty year old kid running around trying to solidify a career for myself. Um, whereas now it's very much more team oriented, um, winning driven. Um, and, and that is the way when I take, take the court, I think about how we can, how we can win. And that's really all that matters. It just so happens that sometimes it might be, Hey, I need to score a few extra points or whatever it may be. But the, the main focus is, is how can we win? You had a lot of pre- – you hadn't won a championship prior to that 2017, 2018 year, and you'd played a lot of great basketball, been in Olympics already. Like, was there a huge sense of relief when you finally did get it done? Do, 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 do you notice it in the way you approach basketball on the back of winning that first title? Yeah, relief was um, – I guess it's a good word. Like, the excitement and all that um, uh, – paramount and and at the forefront when it happens um and then a little after it's like oh, thank god like mm-hmm. that's that's done but it, it doesn't last very long at all the minute you flip to the next season it's it's a hunger and a desire to feel it mm-hmm. every single end of the season so unfortunately it doesn't go like that all the time um but 
I certainly want to feel it a few more times before I hang up. Is the hunger and desire still like the second title you won was in such a strange time? We we touched on the Olympics and you went almost straight away to Tokyo, or at least to the to the camp prior to the the Olympic Games. So it, could did you find a chance to celebrate and and appreciate uh, that second NBL championship, or was it just whirlwind? No, we we did because we, it was kind of right at the back end of um, COVID, where there was restrictions easing just that tiniest little mm-hmm. bit, and I think you're allowed a bit bit more of a gathering yep. or whatever it may be. So we definitely found a way to to celebrate that as a group and with some people that hadn't been away with us along Mm -hmm. the journey. We spent a lot of um, the season away from home and we, we found, you know, supporters and sponsors and owners and people that worked at the club. We, we had a night where we were able to celebrate that. But from there, me and Jock were pretty much on a plane um, a few days later to go and try and tackle the Olympics. Brisbane. Is it Brisbane on Sunday? Yeah, Brisbane, Sunday, 2 p.m., John Kane Arena. Who guard you? Tickets via Ticketek, melbourneutd.com.au. Jeez, are we happy with me? Absolutely, they will. Sobe guard you? Who, who, who guard you there? Uh, Sobe, McDaniel. Um, who will you guard? Chris Smith. Yeah, Smith, yeah. Um, he's been playing great basketball. He has. So uh, I would imagine those guys will be around the mark. they got some good defenders. Mitch Norton's there as well. So it's going to be a good game. Just before we let you go, they got a, a well, their head coach now is a former assistant and, and worked with you, I'm assuming, a lot, Justin Shuler. Hey, how much does that change little things you do, knowing that he would know the system relatively well? Yeah. Um, yeah, he would definitely have the knowledge. I think we have a good feel about how he wants to coach as well. and. Mm-hmm that they've been very open in the fact of how they want to play basketball and where they see that they can be successful going forward to the future. So it's a bit funny when you come up against, um, you know, either players or coaches that have spent a lot of time in your system, but there might be a little extra there for, for Dean and Justin. I reckon they might have a little side wager or something, a bottle of wine, but um, it'd be good to, to go to battle against them. This last one, you know, Christmas day this year. I know you didn't play last year. You run well at the last COVID, minute. So, yeah, uh, COVID. Christmas Day for you, you you happy you're not playing? Um, I would have liked to experience it. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Christmas Day games. I think it should be teams that are based within the I same agree. area. Yep. I'd, I'd love to see a throwdown on mm-hmm. Christmas afternoon or Christmas night. I think Wollongong and Sydney have a, he- a healthy rivalry. Uh, I think that would be a great option as well. So I'm not against it. Um, but I guess – my daughter's getting a little bit older. It'll be cool to spend some time with her this year. Hey, man, thanks for popping in. Good luck. 250 games for United on Sunday. Good luck against the Bullets. Thank you. Appreciate we'll, it. We'll wrap it all up on the other side of this. Afternoons on SEN. Cam Luke filling in for Dwayne Russell, who is going to be back next year, bigger, better than ever. Of course, Sam Hargrave's in the seat on Monday as well, having a chat to you on the Werribee Kia open line, of course. Happy birthday to two of our finest, Julian DeStoop. Thanks to everyone out the back. I bumped into Jules. I was on air with him earlier today. No one mentioned it at all that it was his birthday. So thank you. And Tim Payne, our man over in Tassie as well. That's all thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Make sure you visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating Lives, and that's it. We're done and dusted for today. And again, we've been driven by Werribee Kia. Make sure you head down, see the team at Werribee Kia. They'll look after you just like family. The incredible EV6 GT model, fantastic finance options available. So if you're looking for a trade-in, 
Werby Kia offer top dollar and have 300 plus late model used cars in stock. Go see the crew, Old Geelong Road and Hoppers Crossing. Make sure you check them out, werbykia.com.au, LMCT, double one four. Lakers by 30. Andy Ma, 